We're now in week three of our series, Beyond Good Intentions. And the reason we called Beyond Good Intentions the name for our series for looking at the uh, 12 spiritual disciplines is that often when we come to spiritual disciplines, or actually any kind of discipline really, when we, we think about it, the activities that we do to try and build ourselves, often we have good intentions about doing things, whether it's, you know, let's just take it out of the spiritual realm. Let's say just, you know, um, on a physical kind of worldly thing. You know, often we have good intentions of losing weight, but we actually don't go and do anything about it. But we have the good intentions. Uh, I made a, a commitment to myself or commitment to others or we want to get fitter or we want to spend less, whatever it might be. We often have good intentions. It's the same when we come to our spiritual disciplines that we have. We often have good intentions about praying more and being more close with God. We have the good intentions, but we don't put those intentions into practice. So we thought it would be a really good idea for us to, to think about how can we move beyond good intentions, how can we put tw- the 12 spiritual disciplines that Richard Foster uh, talks about into our lives. So what I want to do before I go too far is I just want to recap what these are so that we are aware of what our 12 spiritual disciplines that we are looking at um, and so we can understand it. We've, we've been focusing on two each week and I know that's, you know, we, we could have actually made this 12 weeks worth of material. We, we're cramming a lot in into um, when we look at two each week but I think it's important that we, that we at least hear something about this and if we want to know more then I encourage you to speak with Caleb Carey, myself, about this as well. So... The spiritual disciplines that we're looking at, Caleb kicked off in the first week on prayer and meditation. Uh, Last week we looked at um, fasting and studying. This week we are going to be looking at simplicity and and forgiveness. So you'll see up on the screen it says forgiveness. So we're going to be focusing on simplicity and forgiveness and submission. Next week we're going to be looking at solitude and service. The week after which I encourage you to come along to which is our combined service at Bundina. Now, we need to make as big an effort as we possibly can to as many people to come to Bundina for, for our 9.30 a.m. service at Bundina, our combined service between Bundina and Cronulla New Beginnings. Um, and we're going to be focusing on the spiritual disciplines of celebration and worship. And I think that's a fantastic set of spiritual disciplines when we actually come together and we celebrate and we worship together. Um, if you actually want to come along, we do have um, a, a sheet at the back about um, getting lifts. If you can't make it yourself, um, please put your name down so we can actually get you there. And the final week when we come back back to here at Cronulla, we'll be looking at confession and guidance. So this week, we'll be looking at forgiveness, focusing on simplicity and seeing how simplicity and forgiveness, actually, actually the two submission and simplicity actually have a foundation in forgiveness and actually understanding that we are a forgiven people. But let's just jump into this straight away. Um, What is simplicity? It's the inner attitude that you have that affects our outward life. So it's not actually about outward behaviour, although it does end up having an outward behaviour, but it is about our inner attitude that affects our outward life. Perhaps we can best define it as being something that it's not. 
See, simplicity is not swearing off possessions or swearing off purchasing things. Simplicity does not mean that you have to hate money or, or, or anything like that. Simplicity is not the desire to be poor. Simplicity is that inner desire that changes our outward behaviour. I want to read some scripture um, with you. We're going to jump to Matthew 6, verses 25 onward, and this is going to help us understand simplicity. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. When you, what you eat or what you drink or about your body, what you wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They, they, they do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is, where, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall, I, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. This helps us understand simplicity because the central point of the discipline of simplicity is to seek first the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. And then everything else will come first, come, come, come in its proper place if you seek first the kingdom of God. Everything hinges on maintaining God first. See, many people think that simplicity is about the outward life, but it really stems from our inner life, from an inner simplicity. It's the simplicity of our heart and our mind, our attitude, our very being, inner being, which then affects our outer being. Jesus tells us not to worry about material things within our life, but to seek God's kingdom, to seek his reign, his rule, the inner simplicity comes from keeping God first with our hearts, our minds, and then our behaviours. Richard Foster said this, as Jesus made so clear in, in Matthew 6, 25 to 33, freedom comes from anxiety. Freedom from anxiety is one of the inner evidences of seeking the kingdom of God first. Our freedom of anxiety about the things that we possess, about the clothes that we have, 
about the food that we have. And see, anxiety builds up in us. But what we need to do to combat that anxiety, to actually achieve an inner simplicity within our life when we do actually seek God's kingdom, we need to realise that we are a forgiven people. We are being forgiven by God. We are being forgiven through the actions of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that we can truly have that inner simplicity when we realise we are a forgiven people. One of the biggest things that hinders our inner simplicity is unforgiveness. So it's, it's unforgiveness whether we don't feel our own forgiveness of God. When we don't forgive others of the things that we have done or, or when we don't forgive others of what they've done. See, this, this inner anxiety of, that comes from unforgiveness brings up feelings of guilt And see, this is the thing. In order to get an inner simplicity within our life when we seek God's kingdom first, in all that we do, we need to realise we're a forgiven people and we need to be able to offer forgiveness to others and receive forgiveness ourselves. So how do we change ourselves? How do we find forgiveness? And we need to actually, in order to find forgiveness we need to understand that the opposite thing to forgiveness is guilt. And we need to understand that we need to identify what the guilt is within our lives, seek the forgiveness, and then you can have a life of inner simplicity. So what do we need to do? Well, we, we, we can see that guilt destroys confidence within our life. See, guilt can make us feel insecure because we're always worried that someone is going to find out what we're really like or what we've really done. The author of Sherlock Holmes, the, the novels, not the movies that, that have been redone, you know, redone um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, he played a bit of a practical joke on five prominent Englishmen. He sent an anonymous note to each one of them that simply said, all is found out, flee at once. And within 24 hours, all five men had left the country. They felt guilty. They felt insecure. Their confidence was destroyed and they fled because of an anonymous practical joke. See, Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, the wicked man flees though no one is actually pursuing them. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, see, guilt destroys our confidence. Do we actually need to be seeking some forgiveness within our life or do we offering some forgiveness to others? Is something racking inside of us that's, that's hindering this spiritual discipline of simplicity because of our unforgiveness? We need to be able to find a life of, of inner peace, inner simplicity, and that comes when we know that we are forgiven, when we can offer forgiveness and when we can receive forgiveness. We need to be a people of forgiveness. We also know that um, guilt, it damages our relationships. 
See, when we, when we live with unconfessed sin, we can respond to people in, in, in wrong ways. We can be impatient with others. We can find ourselves reacting in anger. We can even pull back from the ones we love because there's this inner guilt that is destroying our relationships. So we need to be careful of that. We need to understand that maybe what is happening when I'm responding this way, maybe that's because of some sin that you need to, to actually confess, ask for forgiveness of. And that's, that's what we mean when we say, let's confess our sins. It's actually to ask God's forgiveness for things that we know that are against God's plan, that we are not seeking God's kingdom first. And we know that guilt keeps us stuck in the past. Have you ever worried about stuff that you've done? They've been kept awake at night because of um, something you've done. You know, you, you made a decision and it didn't go the way you wanted it. Or you, you said something and something took it and the person took it the wrong way or whatever it might be. You know, that feeling of churning up, that's because guilt is, is keeping you stuck in the past. You're worrying about what has happened. Why are you worrying about what has happened? Because you've not sought forgiveness or you haven't offered forgiveness or you're not living your life knowing that you are a redeemed person because of God's forgiveness for you. And when you have that, you can actually let go of those pasts. When you give those forgivenesses, when you receive that forgiveness, when you live your life out of that forgiveness, that is when you can actually get to the point of this spiritual discipline of simplicity because you can actually say, I am a forgiven person. I can actually live my life in simplicity, not worrying about all these other things, not having to build and get possessions to make myself feel good about things. And see, that's what happens. We often buy stuff for ourselves. We often give ourselves things to make ourselves feel better, therefore not being simplistic in our lifestyle, because we actually have unresolved issues of guilt within our life. So what we need to be able to do is get to that point where we can actually be a forgiven person so we can actually live out that spiritual discipline of simplicity within our lives. See, the life of simplicity is to use what we have, the wealth that we have, to use it for God's purpose. To use it for God's purpose first. It's actually really interesting because when we talk about tithing, when we talk about offering gifts to, the, for, to God's work in this world, it's interesting because what we need to realise, it's actually the first gift. It's the first portion and it's actually that spiritual discipline of giving the first thing that we receive, that we earn, back to the work of God. That's part of that spiritual discipline of simplicity is to give the first to God's purpose in this world. And we've been talking about this spiritual discipline of simplicity and how forgiveness is so important for this. Forgiveness is also really important for the next of our spiritual disciplines that we're going to be looking at, which is submission. Because each of the spiritual disciplines that, that we've put up on the screen, each of these spiritual disciplines that we've put up on the screen now, 
really there to, to help you have freedom, to let you live a life in full freedom. So when we come to the spiritual discipline of submission, how do we get to the point of that being free? Because whenever people talk about submission, we don't think freedom, do we? We think, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm submitting myself to somebody else. I'm submitting somebody else's rule over me. So often people think that freedom and submission are opposites. I want to share with you some scripture and then I'm going to read a, a passage of scripture for you so we can really get right into this spiritual discipline of, 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 of submission. The first comes from Matthew 5 verse, verse 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The second is Matthew 5.39. But I also tell you, do not resist an even person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to, to them the other cheek also. And finally, I'm going to put these, this up on the screen. And it's from Mark 8, verse 34 uh, through to 38. And it says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Submission. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the sake of the gospel will save it. What good it is for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. See, this is the passage that gives us our understanding of what the freedom of submission really is about. It's the ability to lay down the terrible burden of always having to do it your own way. The greatest obsession that we have in our world at the moment is to be able to do things our way because I want to do it. Don't tell me it's wrong. Don't tell me whatever. I can't do it. I want to do it my way. It's really amazing, I think, that, it's, it, that I find with a lot of funerals I do, they love the song, I did it my way. And I think that's really amazing that you hear, you know, and often it is as, as everybody's leaving, that's the song they play. But I think they've missed the point about the, the spiritual discipline of submission because it's not about doing it our way. Because the freedom of, of submission means that we actually follow God's way. We submit ourselves to God's rule and reign. It frees us from stewing alone and frees us from keeping grudges and Submission is giving to one another. Submission means allowing others to have an advantage at times over you. It means turning the other cheek. It means denying yourself and taking up the cross. 
Submission is the ability to say, well, it's actually no real big deal, is it? Often, you know, often in society, we make a big deal out of most, the smallest things. Somebody slighted me, and, oh, wow, the world's just going crazy, and isn't it horrible? The ability to have this spiritual gift of submission is the ability to say, oh, it's no real big deal. God's got a plan for me. It's okay, I'll submit myself to God's rule. See, the biblical teaching on submission focuses on our inner spirit in which we actually view the other people. And it can be found no more apparent than when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest rule? To love your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind, submitting yourself to God, that is, and then loving your neighbour as yourself, submitting yourself to others. See, it all ties back together, doesn't it? Isn't it amazing? I love how all this works together. See, the Bible teaches us that there is an inner attitude of mutual subordination. Now, that's some big words there, mutual subordination. It actually means that we, we submit ourselves to one another's authority. I submit myself, to, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, I submit myself to your authority. And you, on the same hand, submit yourself to my authority. But we all submit ourselves to the authority of God. We submit ourselves. It, it means valuing other people and loving them. We are free to give up our own rights for the good of others. We are free to pray for those who persecute you. We are free to turn the other cheek. See, submission really, if you were to give a definition of what submission is, we really do find it in, in the prayer that Jesus prayed. Not my will, but yours. Not my will, God, but your will, God. Self-denial is not something that we want to do. Self-denial gives us an image of groveling on our knees and tears and, and self-hatred and self-loathing. We don't want to go into that kind of whole thing about submission, about you know, uh, whipping yourself with, you know, flogging yourself about things. That's not submission. Submission's also not putting somebody under your thumb and telling them what they have to do. Submission is something that you do to put the other person first. Jesus, when he talks about denying yourself and taking up the cross, it's not in a self-hating way. He puts it in a manner in which we come to understand we don't have to have our own way. Our happiness is not dependent on what we want and what we get. Our happiness is dependent upon the love of God within our lives, upon understanding that we are a forgiven, redeemed people. So Jesus' ultimate example and pattern for us when it comes to submission is that he actually gave himself up upon the cross. He submitted himself for the betterment of all people. That's submission. So what areas of submission can we, can we come to expect? Where can we 
say, not my will, but yours. When we view submission, instead of, re you know, instead of reading that word submission, think about not my will, but yours. That's a, it gives it a, such a nicer way of saying it, doesn't it? Not my will, but yours. And it really hones it down to the point. So in, in the areas of submission, in, in the areas of saying not my will, but yours, one of the things we need to do is we need to submit to God. We should live our lives yielding to God and saying in our hearts, your will, God. Notice how the simplicity and submission are working hand in hand. It's placing God first. And when we yield all of our lives to God's purpose, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, we yield them to God and it is pleasing for God and it gives just an inner uplift for ourselves as well. When we realise that we don't have to go it on our own, that God is in control. It gives you freedom to say, I don't have to have it all. I don't have to have the answers. I give it to God. Another area we can look at Submission is submission to Scripture. And it really comes down to, you know, submitting to what God's Word says, to hear the Word of God found in the Bible, to receive the Word of God, to actually read it and receive it and draw it into our hearts, our very being, and to, and to actually then actually do what the Word of God says. And finally, what I want to say is that, the, you know, I don't want us to go into this husband and wife kind of thing, but I want us to, to understand that submission to our family, family, family of God, submitting to that. And notice here that if you read Philippians 2, uh, verse 4, it says, not looking to our own interests, but, in, but each of you to the interests of the others. That is actually submitting to the family, to the others. Not looking for my own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. Spiritual discipline 101. Right to the point. Live a life of simplicity because you know you are forgiven. Live a life of submission because you know you are redeemed and forgiven people, that you give your life to God. And you can say, not my will, but yours. So let us just pray together. Let us just open up our, our minds, our hearts, our whole very being to actually understand what might be ways that we can do our spiritual disciplines. We need to realise that spiritual disciplines in and of themselves they are not the answer. They are a tool that we use so that we can come closer to God. So if, if, you're, if you're, you're here at the moment going, well, what, what I want to do, all I need to do is, is, is to live more simply, then you're kind of missing the point. It's about your inner desire, your, your life with God. It's about your walk with God. And if you want to get closer to God, then think about about trying and taking on, on that spiritual discipline of, of inner simplicity, of putting God first. 
If you're going, it's about submitting and just saying, well, I'm just going to become passive and, and, and not let anything you know, bother me and uh, I'm just going to go whatever, then you've missed the point again. It's a tool that allows you to come closer in your walk with God. And that's what we need to view all of these, that they are tools in themselves so that we can have a closer relationship with our Lord and God so our spiritual life may get deeper and deeper, more full and more rich. So let's just pray. Let's just ask for God to, to, to talk to us today, to the Holy Spirit to transform our lives. Oh Lord, we pray this morning, we, we, we seek your will in our lives and we say, not our will, but yours, O oh Lord. Help us to live a life where we're seeking you in all that we do when we realise that we are a redeemed people, when we are forgiven, our Lord, we ask that you allow us to understand more clearly and more fully that spiritual disciplines help us to become closer to you. Lord, may we live a life more simply. May we submit to your authority. May we think others before we think of ourselves. Oh Lord, we just pray today that your will will be done in our lives and in all the things that we do. Oh Lord, we pray this in your holy name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.